विवेक There are just eight teams remaining at the FIFA World Cup as the quarterfinals kick off today with Brazil taking on Croatia and Argentina facing Netherlands. In the build up to Brazil's clash against Croatia, there has been a lot of talk on Brazil's dance celebrations in the game against South Korea. Some pundits have felt that it is dis- disrespectful, but both uh, coach Chiche and Vinicius in, in the pre-match press conferences have made it clear that they'll continue celebrating in that fashion. Uh Diman, what do you make of all this? I think it's uh, look if you do it four times in a game when you score four goals and it's uh, and you stop the game for this uh, celebration it can get to be a bit of a problem but on the face of it uh, they have insisted that they have not being disrespectful to other cultures they are celebrating their own way and uh, which I think is fine I mean as Vinicius put it you know the goal is the most important thing in football and a goal in a world cup is more important it just not only makes the team happy it makes the country happy so why not celebrate but the problem here is that when you do it like against south korea what happened was they scored four times and they that routine happened four times there were stoppages in the game that becomes a little too much maybe at times right right uh they have said though that they're not going to change so I no guess- no they yeah yeah they've insisted that they're not going to change and Not only that, Chiche. I mean, from the off, when when I, I think from the first press conference that I attended of Chiche's, uh, he has been asked this question about dance and celebration. So obviously, this has been brewing for a while, and he has said that you know, and Chiche has spent time in this part of the world. So Chiche has always said that I have spent time here. I know how this place works, the Arab world. I understand it possibly a little better than other people. We are going to be us. please respect us while we respect you too so there is no chance of that stopping no i mean the only way it will stop is if they don't score and croatia put them out of the world cup so that will create a situation when there be a lot of talk about dances again but uh, otherwise it's not stopping no right right uh the one uh, i don't think croatia have ever beaten brazil how no. do you see the game panning out what do you think croatia need to do to maybe get on top frankly croatia go into the game they should be having fun usually usually uh, teams that go very deep in one edition of the world cup don't do well in the next we've seen the champions uh, usually don't get out of the group stage so at dito dito teams that are finished second unless of course you're brazil uh, who i think have made every quarter final since 1990 and three finals in between 94 and 2002 but so croatia usually croatia have already gone where people didn't expect them to so they should go out and have fun what works for them is that you know they they have this tendency ability to take games deep to extra time often and and win it but those are fine margins I and mean, some day they'll win a tie breaker 
Some they'll they'll not. But if they can take the game to extra time, the longer they prevent Brazil from scoring, there will only be one team that's panicking. That is not Croatia. Because that is exactly what they want. They have the maturity to do that. They have players who have the experience. Um, Luka Modric, uh, as Igor Stimash uh, wrote for us, uh, you know, he's still doing the hard yards. Uh, he still plays for around 100 minutes of the uh, of a, of a, a knockout game. So, uh, they will try and take Brazil deep. They will try and sit back. They'll try and absorb pressure because you cannot let Brazil have space in uh, in the front third so that that way the game will be over you know it will be it will be another 40 in 36 minutes but so so they'll try and take the game deep and the deeper they 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 they'll try and create a situation where brazil start panicking in the look in in the in the search for a goal and once they do that then spaces will open up and that's when they'll try and take control of the game that that should be their plan i think that could be their plan rather right right uh of course uh, brazil in their victory over south korea especially in the first half sometimes made it look like a video game where the moves were mm. just so uh, yeah uh, fluent uh demon wanted to talk about vinicius he, he i think he came for the press conference yesterday right so obviously there's been a lot oh, of oh he patterns. came the day before he was he was yeah. at the at the team media's uh, team uh, base uh, he, right. he was meeting reporters there right. uh, yesterday it was danilo and chiche who right. came for the official uh, pre match uh, conference uh what i wanted to ask was obviously there is a lot of attention on neymar whenever brazil play but vinicius has been one of the stars of this world cup hasn't it a lot of the a lot of brazil's attacks do come from that left side just how, what do you make of his development neymar uh, obviously i think he was part it's, of the under 17 world cup 5 years ago if i'm not mistaken he did not come to india Although he, he did didn't, not come he, didn't to yeah, india. he didn't come to india because uh, i think i think if i remember right uh, palmeiras uh, where he was playing for before they sent him out to real madrid didn't want him to uh, they had a bad season or they didn't win something and they didn't uh, they, they prevented him from coming to india uh, without but but even here chiche has spoken of uh, amadou the coach Uh, who was then brazil's under 17 coach who did come to india and uh, chiche has co- uh, spoken of his contribution in uh, grooming uh, vinicius he has also mentioned ancelotti in in helping vinicius become the player he is you know vinicius over the past two seasons has been having a very good time at uh, real madrid he's far removed from the player uh, benzema had once said you know was caught on camera saying don't pass to him because he's playing another game mm-hmm. so he's 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 a completely different uh, product now it was not happening so much for the national team and now he's been able to bring that in so what works for brazil is their wide players you have hafinia on on one side you have vinicius on the wide on on one side they have pace they have skill they can take on players and that that gives brazil's game attacking game a different dimension so vinicius uh, has been having a very good world cup but it's also because he's part of a Uh, and overall attacking dynamic that seems to have hit its strides uh, from the moment they landed in doha uh moving on to the second game of the day uh, argentina versus netherlands promises to be a classic uh, the head to head is pretty even with netherlands winning 4 and argentina winning 3 uh zeman uh, obviously the, uh, it seems like uh, both teams are pretty evenly matched uh, how do you see that game uh, panning out similar to the one that brazil and croatia will play again netherlands will be able, will, will 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 want 
Argentina look come at them and then they'll try and exploit spaces is what I think will happen because see I don't see a situation where Netherlands starting on the front foot and taking the game to Argentina. I think Netherlands will wait. Uh, they have the maturity to do that uh, they have a fine blend of actually youth and experience uh, of players at top level uh, and they have Cody Gakpo uh, Memphis uh, is finishing well Denzel Dumfries is doing well so i think i think netherlands will look for space and then try and come at uh, argentina this like you said is a match that evokes a lot of memories uh, they've played the 1978 uh, world cup final they played in 1974-2 when Cruyff ran rings around them so and then then there, there's this famous Bergkamp goal uh, that yeah. you know even Memphis uh, yesterday said that he he grew up watching so uh, this these teams have a lot of history uh, in the world cup and everyone hopes it will be another of those matches where then they then they played the 2014 world cup uh, semi final where uh Holland lost in tiebreakers uh, so so these teams do go back a long way in the world cup and we can all be hoping for a game that you know adds to that list of memorable games that these two uh teams have given uh, us at the world cups uh devan me i was just about to mention the last time that they met was in that semi final in the 2014 world cup uh, you were there of course uh, memories yeah, of that game devan uh, it was obviously it, uh, it was a very it was, I, if i remember right it was a very um well uh, it 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 was a game where both sides did not give an inch it was not an open free flowing game it was a game uh, that often was ponderous at times because we, the teams tried to look for openings and coming after that 7-1 win from yeah. germany against brazil it felt like a completely different competition different time different place almost on you know, on, on on the one hand one semi final had produced uh, five goals in the first 30 minutes and here you were both teams were struggling to find space so it was a different kind of game both teams like sort of it 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 was like two boxers trying to size each other up trying to look for an opening and for to to land that punch and those openings didn't really come so that is what i remember of that game and we have the same coach here possibly with more attacking players on both sides so i don't know how this one's going to pan out but i will be very surprised as i said earlier if holland start by taking the game to argentina uh even coming to messi uh with every game that he plays now there is the possibility of it being his last for argentina uh is it it's it's important for that to not weigh on his mind isn't it he i think he's come prepared for that and i think the entire argentina team has come prepared for that uh, so he would want to go as long as possible as deep as possible they've come into the quarter finals all right so it's something argentina had learned to live with i think because uh, messi had said uh, even before the world cup began that this is going to be his last competition so yeah. so i don't see uh, that weighing too much on the team when it happens it happens it will be a moment that uh, you know everybody will stop to reflect on uh, but uh, that messi could that each game could be messi's last is something that i think both he and argentina know about it and they've come to terms with it I don't think it weighs on them uh, majorly. What will also be important for Argentina is, I think, Angel Di Maria and Rodrigo, Rodrigo de Paul's fitness. Uh, Di Maria right. missed the round of 16 game, and uh, Rodrigo too seems to be a bit of a doubt. Although uh, Lionel Scaloni didn't give much away in the in the press conference yesterday. The one, do you see both of them playing? They're obviously important to to Argentina and and uh, providing that support to Messi. 
Yeah, Rodrigo De Paul is very important for yeah. providing the support to Messi, and because uh, he he's been having a good competition, uh, so it's it's important. But these teams come to the World Cup knowing full well that these things can happen. So it's it's not going to be. It'll obviously not be the first choice, but if he does not play, it's not going to be all doom and gloom. Uh, Di Maria brings a lot of experience, but uh, like we saw that you know without Di Maria, Argentina did get the job done. They'll of if if uh, Scaloni will obviously be trying to get a few minutes of him. Di Maria was on the bench the other day, so uh, I'm hopeful that both will play. I am not sure whether both will start, but I'm hopeful that both will play. Right. Uh, anything else that? Uh... We should speak about them or anything else that you're looking forward to from from the matches today. Well, the last time I said something like this, Olivier, I had thought that I'm looking forward to a goal yeah. from Olivier Giroud and scored. So I'm, I'm yeah. I don't know. Um, I would not like the games to go into extra time and tiebreakers because you know these all these teams have way too much attacking ability uh, to not be able to decide games in regulation time. Okay, if not regulation time, then 30 minutes of extra time because all these teams are teams of pedigree and neither of them actually deserves to go out by with a short tiebreaker shot hitting the post and going out or, or you know, something like that. And uh, it takes away a lot of focus from what these teams actually are about. I mean, right now we are all talking about, Sp- you know, Spain missing penalties, but we're not talking about as much about the kind of football that Spain plays. Okay. It has not led to success at the World Cup. Get that. But it is the kind of philosophy that they believe in and they believe that one day it will work. I am saying if Croatia or Brazil or Argentina or Netherlands go out on penalties, then you tend to talk more about the guy who's missed the shot than about what these teams are about, uh, what these teams bring to a competition like the World Cup. Their, their abilities, their technical skills, their cohesiveness. So, I would really want all these games to end before they go to penalties. Both these games. Now, let's see if that works out. Right, right. It always tends to be the end of a cycle with the World Cup. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, matches being decided in normal time are in that way, I think it's better. We have seen Luis Enrique leaving uh, his post as Spain coach after Spain's exit. So, uh, yeah, Hazard quit. That, yeah, yeah. So, for the teams that lose, it always. Ends up in a lot of changes, uh, which I guess. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it does end up like Roberto Martinez stepped down, Luis Enrique yeah. stepped down, Paulo Bento stepped down, Eden Hazard has uh, said that he's retiring from international football. Four years is a long time. I mean, I, I remember yeah. uh, once uh, at a FIFA technical study group, uh, I think this was in Brazil, that, you know, Sunday Olise was saying that, you know, as a player, I would say if I missed one World Cup, I'll have to wait for four Christmases. <laughs> in the life of a player, that's a long time. Yeah. So, so obviously, world cycles begin and end with these quadrennial things. And uh, uh, with Spain, uh, it'll Chiche has said that he'll leave after the World Cup. So, with Spain, a new cycle will begin. With Brazil, possibly a new cycle will begin. Uh, Scaloni might stay. Uh, Hansi Flick has said he'll stay. Uh, so, so yeah, these it, it's it's every World Cup or every major food international competition. Uh, is the beginning and the end of a cycle. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHT. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kickoff, our weekly newsletter on the world game, which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast, 
Follow HT Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.